did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know the blue people with the uh, tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transitioned from eh to ooh. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is episode 18, Texas Tech Red Raiders. So that's three losses in a row for WVU. Today they lose 78-65 to to Texas Tech. This game was closer than a 13-point game. Pretty close all the way through. Uh, every guy for Texas Tech, but before I get into this, they are missing that dude that looks like the Red Raider. I know he plays for Texas now, but every time they went to the bench, I was looking for that dude. He wasn't there. They won without him. I guess that's fine. College, you go for a certain amount of time and then you leave, so... That guy that looks like the Red Raider can't be there forever, even if he was still at Texas Tech. I was just looking for him, and I'm, and I missed him. I can tell you that. Every guy that still plays for Texas Tech is six seven. <laughs> that is bizarre, uh, but also, uh, in my mind, true, and that is definitely. A way to play basketball is everybody be super tall and be not only have a good defensive scheme, but also, uh, you know, not give up too much length to the other team and definitely have height advantages at the guard position. It kind of reminded me, and maybe because. West Virginia is in the middle of a losing streak, but watching Texas Tech, just how they were all the same size and really tall, it made me think of 2010, the WVU team, where you have Butler and Ebanks and Jones and Wellington Smith. Like, you've got a bunch of guys that are that height, John Flowers. We had had a version of that, and that's – Uh, Now, the 2010 WVU team, of course, went to the Final Four. I'm not saying that this Texas Tech team is going to go to the Final Four. I'm just saying that they just put that vibe out for me. Only in they're all the same height, right? But this was a close game. Taz hits a three to give WVU the lead with six and a half minutes left. And then Texas Tech, uh, they get points on their next seven possessions. Uh, And spoiler alert, West Virginia did not get points on their next seven possessions. And two of those possessions for Texas Tech, they had wide open threes, breakdowns in the zone. That West Virginia broke out this zone. They haven't done it in a while. I think Huggins' case was that they watched the film and said Texas Tech is not a threat from outside, so let's zone them. And it worked. For the most part, I think they're in the game because of that zone, but a couple of lapses in coverage at the worst possible time led to Texas Tech 
regaining the lead and extending the lead. And so when you can't match that and you're not getting stops in a close game, you lose the game. And this is a really good Texas Tech team. Speaking of just staring at things and, and you know, missing the Red Raider, also 100% Texas Tech's coach should have – I'm doubling down on this. He should be wearing a, like, a Fisher hat. Like the fishing hat with the lures in it, he should actually have a fly reel. He should he should be casting like his fly fishing during the game. It would totally make sense. Like like cast the fly fishing string over to the guy he wants to come into the game. Like I think that could totally work. And it just it he that dude just screams. I've got those uh <laughs> I've got those long suspended things and I'm and I'm standing in a a shallow river. Right? And maybe it's just me, but that's what Mark Adams is putting out. I think that's that guy's name. But more of the same for WVU. I vented to you last episode about what I was seeing and still seeing that stuff. West Virginia only had six assists today. West Virginia was out-rebounded by 10. West Virginia had 17 turnovers. Four of WVU's guys fouled out in a game that just – I got to say, the ticky-tack fouls that were called on WVU, at least they were consistent for WVU. I mean, just – you could tell the body language – and you've lost two in a row, so you're not in the best mood anyways. You're on the road, so you're walking in knowing that it's how it works. The home team typically gets calls, and yet they did not handle the foul despair, <laughs> the foul disparity very well, right? Sean McNeil struggled, defended well. Malik Curry cooled off finally, guarded well. And you got to give credit to Texas Tech's defense because they guard. They did they did that today. They they guarded well as they always do. That zone for a team that's struggling offensively and then have the other team press you and you're getting into your offense with with 20 seconds instead, you know, you're having to burn time trying to get the ball over half court. Texas Tech created a turnover or two from that press. So it's not (laughs) – it's a smart thing to do. Hey, hey guys, the team that we're playing is struggling on offense. Let's press them. That makes sense. And when everybody's the same size, uh, they did that very well. And so Sean struggled, Malik struggled. Jalen Bridges shot the ball as many times as Polly Polycap, and that I'm just saying that that's probably not a good thing with respect to both men. And the one flicker of hope here, Taz looked like pre-COVID Taz, but he had six turnovers today of those 17. So all of those negative things are true, and yet – West Virginia was in this game for 
30, let's say 35 minutes of the game before Texas Tech extended the lead to nine. And so what do you do with this? You know, you recognize after West Virginia wins their two games at home versus Kansas State and Oklahoma State, that the next three games are going to be extremely difficult. And that if you are one and two out of that three-game stretch, that's actually pretty good with one of those games being at home. But all the teams are ranked higher than you. They're ranked in the top 25. And can you still win? And they didn't. So what does that mean? I mean, uh, I'm concerned about these same things happening over and over again. Things aren't getting better on the things that we need to get better. I felt good about the rebounding given the roster. And then they go to Texas Tech and get out-rebounded by 10. The assist, it's just, and I think they were trying today, but some of the trying led to some of the turnovers because this is not a good passing team. I mean, Taz is hitting guys in the back of the head. Uh, Of his six turnovers, a couple of them were just, the other guy was not going to catch the ball. Uh, but you know, in theory, I know this is not true, but in a vacuum, if the three, if you lose three in a row and the three teams you lose to are ranked ninth, second, and 14 in a computer ranking system, then in a vacuum, you could be the 15th best team out of 350 division one schools and in theory not feel bad about losing those three games like you could still beat all the 300 and some plus teams below you but lose to the teams that are better than you and so that's where we're at with this big 12 no disparity uh, and no bottom to this conference uh kansas state once again got uh got the rug pulled from them uh at home against kansas they they had a big lead in that game couldn't hold on and that's that's probably by record the worst team in the conference but that's a good team if you can hold a double digit lead against kansas you're not a bad team doesn't matter if you're at home or not. So West Virginia has four conference losses, and in that in that hypothetical, West Virginia could be the 18th best team in the in Division One basketball. Lose those four games and say those four teams are better than us, and we are better than the 19th team, the 20th team, and on down the line. You and I both know that West Virginia is not the 18th best team in the country. But West Virginia could tell themselves that. And I don't know what – I mean, Huggins in the in the press conference after the game said the message was uh, run the plays that I call or sit 
close to me on the bench. And apparently he hasn't been using that as a guide. I just don't know what to do with these three losses. What I can tell you is if they have four losses in a row. That's that's where we can kind of, based on history, define this season for good or bad. If they have a three-game losing streak, it's not the end of the world. You don't want to see it, but it's not the end of the world. And yes, if they lose four in a row, it's not the apocalypse, but it does have a bearing on what's going to happen the rest of the year. There are ramifications based on Huggins' tenure at WVU if you lose four in a row. We'll get into it in Random Thoughts coming up. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBBN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Down. So three losses in a row. What does that mean? Well, I'm about to tell you what it means. West Virginia has been coached by Bob Huggins. This is his 15th season with WVU. And early on in his tenure, the idea of three losses in a row was only an idea. His first four seasons with WVU, they would mix in a two-game losing streak, but never three. They went their first, he went his first four seasons without a three-game losing streak. The following 11 seasons, we're now, we've, we've now been able to fill up a donut box. We've got a dozen three-game losing streaks, and some of these are more than three. But the last 11 seasons, with this three-game losing streak, Huggins has done that 12 times. So I, (laughs) before recording this, I spent 
20 minutes talking into this microphone, talking about all, every time that West Virginia has lost three games in a row. I went through in painstaking detail all of that, and I and I listened to it, and it's uh, it's not great to listen to. <laughs> it's just it's it's a list of sadness. So I'm going to I'm going to shorten this this breakdown. But when you go through these twelve three game losing streaks, some of these are I would categorize as. Yeah, it's a three-game losing streak, but we're in good hands, right? Kevin Jones and Truck Bryant, their, their senior year, had a three-game losing streak. Kevin Jones, arguably the Big East player of the year that year, was not worried. Javon Carter, Daxter Miles' senior season in 2018, again, concerning. With them, it was five out of six losses. but. You got senior Javon Carter. It ended up being defensive player in college basketball of the year, Javon Carter. You felt in good hands. All right? So you have that category. You also have the category of similar to this losing streak, where it's three in a row, but it's all good teams. Right? 2019, this happened. And that was not a good season, but they had a streak like this where they lost to all good teams. Uh, 2020, three losses in a row. Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, two out of three on the road. Very similar to West Virginia's current losing streak. All really good teams. Now, listen back to the Baylor podcast from 2020. Apparently, my wife looked at me as I was watching that game and asked me if I was going to cry. But definitely considered less sad because of the competition, right? Then you had three-game losing streaks. Uh, There was one three-game losing streak where TCU was the game after the three-game losing streak. And there was a time in the Big 12 where if TCU was coming up, especially if they were coming to your arena, that that was a win. Remember back when (laughs) the Big 12 had a floor? Like they had the basement of the conference? There's similar to Texas Tech where everybody's 6'8". Everybody in this league is 6'8", right? The Big 12 conference is like the Texas Tech roster. They're all, and now, you know, Baylor and Kansas, they're taller than 6'8 in this scenario. But for the most part, but there's no 5'8 no guy. There's no, <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but you get my point. There you there's no for WVU unfortunately for the rest of this season there's not a game you point to and say mark that a win. Unfortunately, you can't you can't go through the schedule 
and circle in green ink, this is our win. Doesn't mean they're not going to win any more games. It's just it's not you can't market a win. Back in that year, <laughs> TCU was coming up. You could you could mark that. You could mark it down as a win. So you have that kind of three-game losing streak. You have the three-game losing streak where it's already bad, right? Like if you if the season's already going bad, then what what does it matter? How can it be more sad if the if the season's already bad? Like 2019, West Virginia lost five in a row, and they were the first five games of the conference schedule. And but four of those five losses were ten points or less. But the last one, West Virginia gave up ninety eight points to TCU. But it wasn't like you know that season started with a loss to Buffalo. There was already signs that it wasn't going to be a great year. But, you know, if it's bad already, how sad can it be? So you have a few three-game losing streaks in that category. So now let me give you the top three saddest three-game losing streaks since Bob Huggins has been at WVU. The bronze medalist is actually 2020. And you look back at that year where it ended strongly, freshman deuce year, freshman Oscar year. But in the bronze medalist, in this three-game losing streak, West Virginia blew a game that they should have won in overtime at TCU. This was six losses in seven games. So that was part of this three-game losing streak. And it had this feeling because it was late in the season, like this game, this this team has given up. Yeah, there's some promise for the future. Young Deuce, young Oscar, young Derek Culver. Like, we're going places. But unfortunately, because of that youth, this team's packing it in. And we know that that team didn't pack it in. They won their last two games and then pandemic happened. But I listened to the podcast in the for the last game in this losing streak. I got to say, I sounded unhinged. <laughs> like, I don't usually come on this podcast angry. The pitch of my voice reacting to the end of this three-game losing streak, it was very high. High with frustration. So that's the bronze medalist. Silver medalist, 2013. That was a team that ended up with a losing record. And this was seven straight losses to end the season. And so that's... (laughs) West Virginia has seven games left, and we didn't know it at the time, but with seven games left... Uh, West Virginia didn't win any more games. (laughs) Seven straight losses, four by double digits. That team finished 13 and 19. Yeah, you could say all those teams were good teams, those seven straight losses. But if you, any coach that loses seven in a row, it's, it's an extremely sad stretch of basketball. And it's by far the worst stretch as far as number of games lost in a row that Huggins has experienced in WVU, possibly in his whole coaching career. 
And so that's, but that's only good enough for the silver medal because again, West Virginia probably not going to the NCAA tournament before those last seven losses. It was, it was like the, uh, but it, it was a hundred percent sad <laughs> because you just you just lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and lose. But that's not the the gold medals. The gold medal of sad losing streaks since Huggins has been at WVU was 2019, where West Virginia lost five in a row in February. Four by double digits, and that five-game losing streak includes the saddest 20 minutes of basketball I've watched WVU play uh, since Huggins has been in Morgantown. That home loss to Texas by 22, it's one of the saddest 20-minute stretches of basketball I've ever seen. Where Texas Texas was the Harlem Globetrotters, West Virginia was the Washington Generals, and they were just, I mean, Texas just got dunk after dunk after layup after dunk, and it was happening in the Coliseum, and it was the pinnacle of sadness. So that's... All of that to say, when you look at the 12 losing streaks of three games or more, some of those teams had a three-game losing streak, three in a row, and either made the NCAA tournament or would have made the NCAA tournament looking at you 2020 pandemic. So three losses, you can still be one of the 68 teams that goes to the NCAA tournament. You can have a winning record. You can you can count the season. Yeah, maybe some frustrations, but you can look back and say, that was a good season, right? One more loss. If you lose four in a row, and I told you <laughs> in the top three saddest streaks, one was 2013, that team finished with a losing record. The other team, 2019, they finished with a losing record. And so if you lose three in a row, you can bounce back. If you lose more than that in a row, and again, the 2020 team lost six out of seven. So that's pretty rough, but there's a, there's a magical win in between. But if West Virginia loses four in a row, what I'm telling you is that history says not only will West Virginia not make the NCAA tournament, West Virginia is going to have a losing record, and West Virginia is going to have a bad season. So not to put too much pressure on the Oklahoma game, but history says that those are the stakes. Where if you lose four in a row, it's not just that it's not just that it's uh, you don't make you know, like I guess technically West Virginia can still end up with a winning record if they lose four in a row, even without history, because you say all these teams are really good, but at some point, 
you can't just you can't bank on that and you can't just live off of well we yeah we lost 10 in a row but they were all against good teams it doesn't really that doesn't really work you know what i mean so the difference between three losses in a row and four losses in a row based on 15, 14 seasons of basketball is enormous. Those are the stakes for the next game. I'm going to tell you about the next game and final thoughts coming up. Interact with the show. That just means interact with me on social media, on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV, on the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact. Final thoughts of this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game is is a biggie. This one means a bunch. I've laid out the case of why it means a bunch. Wednesday night, ESPN 2, 8 p.m., WVU Coliseum, West Virginia hosts Oklahoma. West Virginia wins, and it could still be a good season. West Virginia loses, and it's a bad season. I, I'm just telling you what the past says. That I want to be wrong. The past is the past, and that's what happened. Now, Oklahoma is struggling as well. They've lost their last four, so they're on a four-game losing streak. They've lost five out of six. But guess what? In a... What does that mean? Three of their five losses, two of the games were to Baylor and one was to Kansas. So are you bad if you lose to Baylor in Kansas? No. This is a good team that's lost four in a row and five out of six. They had Kansas on the ropes before Brown, and it's not it, – it looks like Braun. It's Brown. He hit a late three. They escape Oklahoma with the win. Oklahoma, they have tall twin transfers. They got Triple T, the tall twin twin <clears throat> tall twin transfers. One of which is the is the is the major guy. Groves, I believe, are the twins' names. They have Gibson who had his Oklahoma game high versus WVU last year. As far as West Virginia's luck against Oklahoma recently, not good. West Virginia has lost the last four against Oklahoma and and lost the last five out of six against Oklahoma. But all of those six games were against Lon Kruger, who was retired. We wish him well in his future endeavors. This guy, Porter Moser, is different than Lon Kruger, but guess what his deal is? You remember him taking Loyola Chicago to the Final Four, and they did it with defense. And this guy is really focused on defense. 
And so another challenge for an offensively challenged WVU team. And I've told you what the stakes are. And I'm sticking to that idea. So the next podcast is either going to be the Sigh of Relief podcast or or it's going to be <laughs> it's not going to be a happy one. Uh, so we'll see what happens Wednesday. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Amazon, CastBox. Rate it five stars. Follow the podcast. Do the things, if you could, that helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2021-2022 season. They're 13-5. and five.